Welcome to Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch, and on this week's show, we'll discuss the disappointment from Mead in both hurling and football last weekend. We'll also look back at Mead's 1993 All-Ireland Senior Hurling B success, the Christie Ring Cup from two years ago, and look ahead to this week's action in the Senior Hurling Championship, all in the company of Mead hurling legend John Andrews and the Mead Chronicle's Jimmy Gagan. <laughs> have a face for radio. <laughs> you do, yeah. You certainly do have a face for radio, John. Uh, the voice you can hear there is John Andrews uh, from Trim GA Club. Of course, he'd be well known around the hurling circles in Mead and not a bad footballer either, um, as I'm sure he'll tell you himself later <laughs> on in the podcast at some stage. John, you're very welcome to Mead Chronicle Towers here for the latest edition of Talk a Good Game with myself and Jimmy in the hot seat. Thanks very much for inviting me, Fergus. We're just saying it was a difficult weekend for, for me, GEA, relegated um, out of the Joe McDonough Cup and out of the All-Ireland race without even winning, or winning a game this year. So it was a difficult weekend in Partoch and you were at the games. I was, yeah, I was at the two of them, um, uh, Fergal, yeah. Look, um, it was a difficult year for the meat hurlers uh, um, all around, I suppose, you know, um, not winning a game in, in, the, uh, in the, the Joe McDonough Cup. It would be the manner of the defeat that would bother me uh, more than anything the else. Leash, the leash defeat, is it? Uh, no. Or all the, the defeat? No, the Westmead and Antrim, Antrim games. Okay. Uh, like, uh, we were ahead in both games after 15 minutes, and then we, we lost our way in both games. Um, uh, look, knowing the players as I do, um, they're, not, they're not a bunch of, uh, as you can, you can see from 2016, they don't lay down and they don't, they don't give in, but they, it, it seemed that way. Um, Against West Westmead and um, and Antrim in the first two rounds, that was disappointing, mm. you know. And I'd say it was hard for the players to you know figure out what what was wrong, you know why why was this happening? Um, I I I know and you, we all know that no player goes out in the field to play bad. No, you know, you don't prepare for November, um, and not put in the effort on the day. It's, I don't know. Maybe Westmead have improved hugely, and maybe Antrim have improved hugely. I don't know. It's hard to put your finger on on the answer. Well, it's hard probably to say that Antrim have improved hugely. They're the ones that are in the relegation playoff um, at the end of the Joe McDonough. Westmead, I suppose, have proven throughout the Joe McDonough they're in the final and probably deservedly so. So the hurling is on the rise a bit in Westmead. But you, you would have expected more from Mead after getting their, their reprieve, I suppose, to stay in the Tier 2 Championship. You would have hoped for another yeah. kick on. Yeah, look, to be honest with you, um, um, I firmly believe that Mead would stay in the Joe McDonough Cup. I thought I thought we'd beat Kerry, because we, we, we can beat Kerry, especially mm. when we get them at home. Um, I thought going into the Carlo game, having you know the Carlo was short the three good lads that were sent off the yeah. previous week, I thought this is a huge, a huge chance. Um both were hugely improved performances in Carlo and in, in Avon. Um but we just felt that a little bit short, you know. Um I suppose Nick, Nick and his team are putting are, are scratching their heads, wondering why as well, you know, because I am, and I, mm. um, you know, I speak to Martin Ennis regularly, and we are we're all struggling to uh, to come to come up with an answer of you know why the performances were what they were, you know. Yeah. Um, but look, and and it wasn't just this year as well. Like coming off the back, we'll we'll talk about the Christy Ring Cup and and the joy surrounding that and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and madness surrounding that in a few minutes but yeah. coming off the back the following year after winning the Christy Ring Cup it was a bit of a struggle as well the following year um, I know he beat Kerry in a, 
a great game in Nav and a brilliant mm. performance that day, but didn't weren't able to kick on then after getting promotion out of the league. weren't able to kick on in that Leinster yeah, championship. Yeah, we, look, we got a great start against Kerry and we played very, very well. Um, we did let them back into the game, but then again, you know Anthony Ford scored a brilliant goal um, near the end. A great run. Yeah. I think it was Anthony got the, or maybe it was Colin McKay who got the, the final touch. I don't know, but um, the Leash game. Uh, was a disaster, yeah. right? And it actually cost us because we went down. We 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 were supposed to go down, and it was a four point um, swing, swing, yeah, swing. Yeah. So myself and Martin, my, uh, Martin Ennis and Mickey McCullough have spoken with us a long time. We changed our tactics twenty minutes before the game. We had worked all week on Joey Keane being sweeper. This was for the game against Leash. Against Leash, yeah. yeah. Joey Keane was uh, uh, going to be sweeper, and we'd worked on that. We'd worked on our puck outs. We'd worked on tactics. We got to Navin on the Saturday, on the Sunday. There was a gale force wind blowing into the um, was, hospital yeah. end. Yeah. So we decided if we win the toss, we won't play a sweeper. Yeah. We won the toss. We didn't play a sweeper. And the game was over the after 20 over. minutes. Yeah, yeah. Our fault. Hands up. And we said it to the players at the time. We, it was our own. It was our fault. We made a mistake. But sure, yeah, yeah, you know, you have to put your hand up if you make a mistake. Um, it was a disaster. And it did cost us because... If we hadn't conceded such a big score, um, I think it was Kerry were were in the in the in the, for the drop. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you know the whole thing uh, about the restructure. Then um, Mead were going down. Uh, Antrim and Carroll were coming up. The two finalists of the Christie Ring. Yeah. Um, Antrim that couldn't win the Christie Ring in two years in a row. They were promoting them. Um, we had won one game. You know, I mean, narrowly beaten in one in the, in, in the Leinster Championship and they wanted to do the And Martin Ennis went to the county board with a proposal that we stay up and the structure that's in it now and, and it was agreed to. Um, so, you know, we did struggle. Yeah, to answer the question, we did struggle a bit, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, it, it, like, it is, a, it is, a, is a, you know, Leinster Championship is a step up. Yeah, well, The teams we were playing, you know, we're playing Leash, you're playing um, Westmead, you're playing Carlo. Uh, you know, you're playing um, Kerry, who are a good team, let's be honest. They well, have a huge difference between, the league. Absolutely. between them and your Ross Commons and Mayos. And, and, and yeah. even even a step up from Kildare, which yeah. needed to be a step above Kildare now. Where we would, yeah. Whereas, you know, four years ago, we, we got hard to beat Kildare. Yeah. They beat us in the league, the fir- final, the first year we were, we were involved. But they again, they had their um, their five outside players at the time and of they course, always played yeah. them, which is probably affecting them now, you know. Yeah, where um, they're struggling to, to find that. A rhythm and a yeah, exactly. But then the final now, um, they're playing London in the final. But then again, London are a different team than we've seen in um, yeah, in London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a few recruits. I see a guy from Carrishock playing in the middle of the field from Mark Dwyer oh, from yeah, Carrishock. He's na- he's named on the program as Carrickshock. Right, okay. Kenny. Yeah. Um, and there have a few more a few more imports since we played them. You know. Yeah. John, I just. Uh, you look at Offaly, John, and you see how they have gone on to win a senior couple of All-Irelands. More or less the same playing area as Mead have in terms of hurling. Uh, same number of clubs, roughly, anyway. Um, how come Mead can't just make that step up, you know, a couple of steps up you know, to that level? Why do you think over the years? Um, I suppose, like, if you go back to 1993, we, uh, we won the, um, the All-Ireland B and we played in the Leinster Championship the following year. We were beaten by uh, Kenny in Nolan Park, I think by about 10 points. Um, the f- 90 f- that was 94, 95 and 96. Uh, 96 in particular was a disaster because we ran awfully to three points. Yeah. Uh, I, I do believe that that team, 
Now, I, I, was, I, was, I retired after 96, but I do believe that that team that was there at the time could have made a break, breakthrough. Um, but it didn't happen. For whatever reason, I don't know. Was it down to player commitment? Was it down to the manager? Was it down to the county board? I don't know. Um, but at that time, and then Michael Dignan had a good team as well um, in 2002. Yeah, we beat Leash in Avon, yeah. Um, and that was, that was great, again, but it never kicked on. Um, there was a, a huge row at the time over, over fixtures being, being played um, on the week before uh, the Championship Games um, against Leash, Leinster Championship Games against Leash. That probably had an effect on Michael Dignan. I know his wife was sick at the time as well, but mm -hmm. it did have an effect on him and his desire to continue. Did he want to battle with the Mead County Board every year? Probably not, you know. Should it be a battle though? No, you know, absolutely not. Do you know, it's it, no. hurling, I, I think the County Board will deny it and they'll always deny it, but it really is the the black sheep of the family in, in the Mead GA scene, isn't it, hurling? It is. Like, the way it's treated, not necessarily the players give as much, managers give as much support. Yeah, the band yeah, of supporters absolutely. love it. Look, anyone, if you go to any county in, in Ireland and you say you're from Mead, they'll say you're from a football county. Yeah. I was in Thorless on Sunday and there was two um, Clare men behind us and they were given as large to referee at, at the chapels from Carlow. And the main main point they were making, you're from Carlow, you know nothing about hurling. Yeah, I see. Right, so, you know, uh, Mead is perceived as a football county. They have seven out of Ireland, and, and rightly so. But it shouldn't be a struggle. Yeah. It is. Now, I have to be honest, when we were involved, uh, Martin Ennis, um, for the three years we were involved, it, it was good. Now, yeah. there were battles. There were battles that you had to win. But Mick O'Dowd was having the same battles because we had a, a great relationship with Mick O'Dowd. Yeah. And he was having the same battles. And it's, you know, financial bat battles at the end of the day. Um, uh, Money for what, John? Money for... for like Slitters was a huge thing. Okay. Slitters was a huge thing. Um, we, uh you know, in January last year, we were, we were told we were using too many sitters. Okay. You know, you need 100 sitters for every, every training session. If you, right. if you want to do it right, right, you know. I was with David Fitzgerald back in uh, uh, 2007 when I was manager. And the first thing he asked me, have you enough sitters? And I actually had 120 brand new sitters in the bag. And he said, that should be enough. Should be, yeah. Yeah. You know. That's when David came up here to do No, actually, we went down to Newmarket oh, yeah, and yeah, Fergus yeah, for yeah, a weekend. Yeah. Okay, yeah. We had yeah. Jimmy Barry Murphy and, um, and Davey. Okay. And... Uh, that's the first thing he asked me, and he's, that should be enough because mm. the session that you do is spread out all over the field. You know, and you need 20, 30 slitters at one station, or whatever, just to get, keep the continuity of the session yeah. going. The speed of hurling, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. But when you hear counties spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands on winning all Ireland, say, what has what that money been spent on? I know obviously there's the physio bills and there's gear and all that, but it's a lot of money, isn't it? Yeah, it is a lot of money. Look, and I'm sure as Mead Hurlers... The, the gear for the players... Like, Mead, Mead, Mead Hurlers get ex everything they're entitled to. Yeah. Now, last year, um, the, the amount of gear that we got, like, even some of the players, we have enough. There, were there was a pair of togs and um, a training jersey short going into the championship. And um, I was kind of working, you know, on the mileage with the players and doing that kind yeah. of thing. And I was saying to them, you know, well, we need to tackle this. And two or three players, don't bother, John, we have enough. Yeah, you know? right, okay, fair enough. Um, and like, and the, the players are great like that as yeah. well, you know. Um, uh, they're not greedy. They, they um, you know, they, they, they're in it not for gear or for hurlies or whatever. They're in it for mead hurling, mm. you know. And um, they don't put, you don't put in your time, um, you know, three, four, five nights of the week. If you don't, if you don't want to win, yeah. If you yeah. don't want to play hurling for me, but getting back to the money, uh, the one thing I don't agree with is, is these 
training holidays. Right. Camps, so, yeah. That's a waste of money. Yeah. Like you can do more here in Ireland on a training holiday than you can do in Spain or Portugal. Yeah. Because yeah. they don't have the pitches for hurling. Um, they might have the, the gyms and all that. You know, I, I kind of despair when I hear about counties going out to, to Spain to train for hurling. It's, you know, yeah. or even for football. Like five, day, five days training in warm weather isn't going to make that much of a difference, no, is it really? No, I'd probably carry out more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do anything else, you know. So in, in, in terms of the difference between, as, as we've said, you were mead manager in 2007 and 2008, mm. and then you were involved with Martin Ennis for the three years leading up to this year. Yeah. Was there much of a difference from in, in the way that Hurling was treated and the way that uh, Hurling has changed, we'd say, between The answer to that question now. is yes. Yes. Um, in 2007 and eight, everything was a battle. It really was. Um, uh, for, for example, uh, we played London in 2008 in the league and um, we, were, we had to go to London. And I, I inquired, you know, what were the, about six weeks before I inquired about what were the logistics and what was happening. And I was told that that was my job. Uh, I had to go and organise. So I did. As well as looking know, after the team. As well as looking after the team. And then about a month before, I was told I could only bring 21 players. Right. And I had 30. And um, I said, no, I'm bringing, I'm bringing the, the full panel. And I was told I couldn't. So I put down the phone and I said, before I put down the phone, I said, look, the next phone call you'll be getting will be from Desi Farrell from the GPA. Yeah. I rang Desi and he said, if they don't turn around, I'll get involved. But they did, um, I got a phone call that evening uh, to say I was okay to go with, with, with whoever I wanted to bring. But no, it was a struggle. Uh, the first, you know, I, I suppose the first, anything you asked for, the first answer you got was no. Then yeah. you had the battle and you probably, you probably got it or maybe got 50% of it. But it was, it was a battle, yeah. Constant battle. So, yeah. and it made, it made it difficult. If you can't, What's that old saying? If you fail to prepare, you'll, you have to be prepared to fail, isn't that yeah, it? And, and yeah, yeah. You, your preparations were always hindered. Look, I, at the time, I was, I was, um, you know, uh, I kind of was a vibrant manager at the time. I had the enthusiasm for it. Yeah. Um, if you ask me to manage the Mead Hurlers again, actually manage them, not a chance. If you ask me to manage a club, not a chance, because I haven't got the enthusiasm for it. Right. But at the time, I had, and I wanted to win, fight the battles, and and uh, try and win some of them, you know. Yeah. Um, so. John, I remember you as a player, and uh, I suppose you could be described as a no-nonsense player, John. You don't, you, have, to be, you, you don't have to be that old to remember you, you, John no, as a player. No, no, you don't. You it's don't. not that long ago. <laughs> Jesus, make well, us all I feel old, as, uh, Certainly, as a no you know, you, you, you guarded that square, like you guarded you know, your own home, I'd say, you know, and um, uh, John, you know, those days it seems to have, I think there was more physical, the more rouse shall we say for want of a better term than these these days in Horland. you think the Horland has cleaned up which is a good thing I suppose but do you think it has um yeah I suppose um you know referees are uh, are an awful lot fitter than they were then uh, even at club level and um some uh, of them I suppose the physicality of the game you know is still the same but maybe you know you probably got away with a little bit more back in when I was playing hurling. Um, you know, like uh, that square was mine. Yeah. You know, and if anyone came in, um, I they didn't threaten us. You know, what I mean, you get out and that's it. Look, you you, you often got you, players got the better of you, and you got the better of them. But at the end of the day, you shake the hand and walk away. You know, um, I you know I feel that, and I, I feel still feel this that no matter what happens on a pitch, you don't bring it off the pitch, but. 
you sort it out the next yeah. time you get onto the pitch yeah. with, with, with whoever's involved. Yeah. And then that's it, you know, walk away. Did you have to sort out a few things, issues during the day, <laughs> I had, yeah, a few times, yeah. And I was sorted out many a time myself as well. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't be backwards when I came to getting forward. And no, and, and, and the lads I'd be dealing with now would be the same. Like, they, they, um, they, they knew what to do, we put it that way yeah. to you. Yeah, you were fairly successful in your time playing um, four senior hurling medals with Trim as a player. Uh, we'll stick with the playing end of it just for a minute. But winning the All-Ireland Senior Hurling B in 93 must bring back special memories. It really was, a, a, you alluded to it earlier on, about a golden era in Mead Hurling. That was probably the start of it for a few years. It was, yeah. Um, look, it was brilliant. Um, it was a brilliant time. We, we had a very, very good team. Um, most, most of us are still very good friends. Um, uh, I you know remembering the game in in in, in Tullamore more so than that, and else we beat Westmead, um, in in the home final as yeah. it was called then. That was that was hugely special, um, because you know Westmead were perceived to be better than us no matter whether we've been uh, beating them or they've been beating us in league or whatever. Um, and I'd say you know with Martin Ennis and myself and a few of the little boys, John Gurry and Paul Donnelly. Uh, very few teams we were on were beaten by Westmead. I can't remember that. I've ever been on a team beaten that Westmead yeah, beat. Yeah. Um, but that was special. And um, then, you know, the whole thing about going to London um, to play London. Um, I had lived over there in 87 and 88. And um, I um, played with the Desmonds over there, who are now Kilbourne Gales. But that was, that was huge for me going back because I was perceived as a footballer over there. Yeah. And when we got over there, um, we were training in Rice Lip, um on the Saturday evening, just uh, having a puck around. And a few of the lads from the club come out, from the Desmond's club, come out to me, and they were all looking for Mickey Ryan, who'd be my brother-in-law. Right. Um, because he was, uh, he played with Desmond's. We were over there together, and uh, they couldn't believe that he wasn't on the squad, um, and that I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Because when I was over there, I played a wing forward for them, and. Uh, um, I was now full back for me to couldn't understand this at all, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was very special, and there was a great meat crowd there. Uh, scorching uh, hot day. Scorching yeah. hot day. Yeah. Um, I got a, I got a bit of a roast in the first half actually. Uh, I got my man scored three pints in the first half, and I was told uh, by John Davis at halftime that if I didn't sort it out. I'd be coming off. Yeah. So I started out fairly early in the second half. Nice, right. Um, a switch, a, a subtle touch. or. A oh, well, I, I caught a few balls over his head <laughs> and brought them down the field. Slitters or about Anyway, yeah. We'll <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, very special. Um, we had a great night um, on, on, on the Sunday night in London and then uh, we went out to Mickey Faze in Ponders End to his pub on the Monday before we flew home and we Mary made us a good, good feed and uh, then we come back into Trim uh, no, we come back in and we were met at the Black Bull with a, a guard escort, motorbikes and, and a squad car. And we kind of, you know, you feel a bit special. It's, it's similar to the Christy Ring thing two years ago. Yeah. And uh, we stopped in Warren's Con Arms and a few pints there. And then we we're into Trim and they had a, that lorry thing they used to have for the Mead footballers um, um, out yeah. as well. And I suppose it was 1,500 or 2,000 people there. Yeah, I was, remember it was well, brilliant. Yeah. Like, it was brilliant, you know. Yeah. And you were signing autographs. The meat hoarder signed an autograph. Yeah, yeah. My God. Um, and uh, uh, we had a good two days. And, you know, it was very memorable. It was great. And then, you know, the, the next thing then was we, we played Antrim in... in um, yes. In... Uh, in Quarterfinal. In, in Castle Blaney, yeah. yeah. And my abiding memory of that whole thing was we were driving into Castle Blaney about an hour, maybe an hour and a half before the game, an hour and a quarter before the game, and there was cars parked right out the, mm-hmm. uh, out the road, all Mead cars, and there was Mead people walking in with 
young kids with with jars, me jars on them and flags. Yeah. And we like we were learning the bus. I mean, footballers playing here yeah, today. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was a huge crowd. I think it was about ten thousand back then, yeah. mainly mean mead people. You know, um, and that was that was um, that was brilliant. You know, even though we were beaten on the day. Yeah, well, you're beating four ten, four twelve to. I was just going to say, beaten by fourteen points, but four ten to three twenty seven. It was it was a fairly cracking game, and and when run down the mead scores, it's Pat Potton had had seven points, Martin Massey two Two goals, goals, Ivor McCaffrey. I hope you haven't got the got a goal. uh, Haven't got the anthem scores, have you? I have, yeah. Who are you, Martin? Ulton. <laughs> yeah, Ulton McFetrick. Ulton McFetrick scored 2 7, John. Just yeah, well, just. <laughs> I, I just. Uh, yeah, Sam was a wing forward on John, John Gurry. Um, I just to terrify that 2 7. He got um, two goals from play, two scrappy goals, I have to say. Right, okay. And, yeah, from play. And uh, then he got seven points from freeze. And well, I never fouled him once. But a very funny story. Um, well, who was Martin Gregory O'Kane then? He got 1 4. Where was he playing? I don't know. 12. Well, I just have him down here as the list of scores. I'll say it was Shawnee Keeley. It had to be oh, Shawnee right, Keeley. Yeah, yeah. He was always very Even loose. Even though blame Shawnee. But uh, uh, we swapped jerseys after the game uh, that time. We had new jerseys <laughs> because we swapped with London, uh, which again was an, uh, an amazing thing, you know. Um, yeah. Do you have a county board like that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Finn McGinnis, I'd say he wasn't too happy. But um, I turned around to, to Ultimate Fetridge and I said, um, uh, we swapped jerseys. He said to me, you might as well have it. He said, you're pulling and dragging out all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's grants yeah. to you, yeah, no yeah. problem. You mentioned you went over to London as a as a footballer. You were known more as a footballer in London. Of course, you were part of the Mead team that won a Leinster junior title in 1986. Did you ever have aspirations to go on and, and you were beating the All-Ireland final because, by Cork yeah. after a replay? Did, did you ever have aspirations to play senior and, and kick on? You were certainly I, capable I, I, of it. I suppose I did at that time, you know. Um, I was only I was only on the junior team because I was injured in in eighty five, um, and I didn't play play any senior, senior football yeah. with, with with Trim, so it made me eligible for for junior. Uh, Mick O'Brien was the coach, um, absolutely brilliant man, brilliant coach. Um, uh, he brought me on board, got us all f- very fit. Uh, we beat Kildare in the final in in Carlow the day that Mead beat Carlow. Mead won the Leinster in eighty six. Yes, for first time in a long beat time. Dublin yeah, in the rain. Uh, Midfield on that team were two lads by the name of um, PJ Gillick and Terry Ferguson on the ju- on the junior team. <laughs> and after the game, a certain Mr. Boylan came in yeah. and uh, said, uh, "I need a couple of lads." And so we all thought it was, yeah, <laughs> we were yeah, looking yeah. for us, you know. <laughs> uh, I was playing a wing forward that day, and um, it went fairly well for uh, for me and and for a few other lads as well. Rory Rory O'Killam was on the team as well. And he said, PJ and Terry, will you come come in talk mm. out? And the following the following game against Wicklow, they were playing. You yeah, know, and the yeah. and the rest is history for them, I suppose. You so know, basically picked the names out of a hat, kind of <laughs> nearly from anyone he is could have went. <laughs> yeah, in. yeah, no, but I think he had watched uh, PJ at underage level and yeah, stuff, and, yeah, and yeah. Terry Terry was very committed, you know. Yeah, yeah. You played under some very good man. You mentioned there Mick O'Brien and John Davis, obviously a very good manager as well. What do you think made them that extra special? Gave them the edge over others, John. Um, I'd say, you know, um, Mick O'Brien was, you know, I'd have to say he was a very special manager. Um, we we won the Leinster that day. Um, I was on the 15th of June, 1986, exactly. Mm. And the semi-final the semi of Ireland was, was two weeks later. And Galway had won the, the Connacht Championship, but they had played players that had won the Connacht Championship the year before. Right. So... There was no, there were it was void. Okay. Right. So we had no semi final, but he went to see Cork and uh, I think it was Cork and Down, 
and he said the only way we're going to beat Cork is if we get very very fit and we I think we did uh, seven weeks to prepare okay. so we trained three times a week uh, it was good busting really was um, we we did a tactical thing that I had never seen before um, we uh, he used to line out a team right and we played at the time Benny Reddy was was on the team as well and Benny was kind of a fourth a fourth half forward and myself and um, Stan Gimney were a two-man full forward line or he used to have Desi Rogers who was the captain of the team he'd be in there and I wouldn't be on it mm-hmm. but it, it, we, he would give us instructions when our half backs to get the ball or when our midfield gets get the ball where I should be or where Desi should be if you weren't in those positions he'd stop the game right yes. Okay. Yeah. Right. and then he'd, he'd figure it out for you yeah, yeah. so as a result during the game then you knew exactly what, what, what was happening it was something I was never... Where you were supposed to be. Exactly, yeah. It was a t- like a two-man full forward line in 1986. Yeah, yeah. Unheard of. You know, unheard of. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And a four-man... Like Benny Reddy was was probably the fittest man in Ireland at the time. And he used to get all the breaks off the, off the midfielders. And then, he, you know, he, 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 when he got a ball, he, he was told what he had to do with it. Because yeah. yeah. I suppose Benny admitted he hadn't great feet. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, Mick O'Brien is a brilliant man. John Davis, I suppose... Um, you have to say his commitment um, to the cause, um, his longevity. He's proven it with the, with the, with the um, camogies since he took them over. He's been very successful. Um, and, um, you know, I suppose I'm honest with um, I fell out with John in 96 over the whole Crow Park thing. Myself and Paddy Kelly were dropped. And we were told the night before that we were going to be brought on with 20 minutes to go. Uh, that didn't happen. We lost the game. I'm not saying myself and Paddy would have made any difference, but I fell out with him. And I was wrong. And we didn't talk for a few years, and um, uh, we, we, well, I apologised when we made up, and we talked. Now it was fine, but I definitely it was, it was immature and I was wrong at the time, and like I was still, I was thirty four years of age, but I was acting <laughs> like a child. But look, uh, no, John's a great manager. Um, uh, no one could say anything against his record, you know. Yeah, you had a decent enough record yourself then as a manager, as I said. You won four as a player with Trim, and it's. You won their last three then as a manager, 98, 99 and 2001. Um, so you, you obviously learnt off managers like that or, or did you bring your own style to it? Or? Look, I suppose if you ask any manager um, uh, where, you know, what their, their tactic is, tactics are or the way they manage a team, I would, have, I would have taken bits from Martin Dempsey. He was managed to trim from Frank McCann, Dennis O'Keefe, John Davis. I definitely took a lot of stuff that Mick O'Brien did and, and put it into Hurling, adapted it from football into yeah. Hurling. Um, uh, and then your own, your own bit. You know, like yeah. I, I, I played in 1997. Um, we were beating Mike after a replay in the semi-final of the championship. And um, I then looked to take the team over. Mm. Um, and, you know, I suppose, you know, you had to drop friends of yours and you had to tell them that they weren't playing and whatever. It wasn't easy, but yeah. uh, I've... I suppose I'm fairly was fairly thick skinned then and I still am now, um, and you just made the decisions and uh, you know when you win the decisions are great decisions. Yeah. When yeah. you lose they're not. We were lucky enough we won three, uh, we could have won four but we were thrown out of the championship, um, in '99 because um, we got a fixture for a quarterfinal of a football and a semi or a quarterfinal effectively quarterfinal the hurling at the time within three days of each other and we had eleven dual players. So we decided we weren't playing one of them. So right. it was the hurling, okay. and then we were thrown out of the championship. If there, if there was, um, if you were given sort of a talk to, to managers now, John, uh, what one piece of advice would you give to some aspiring young manager? 
or managers? Um, I suppose the obvious thing would be uh, it's, it's not about management, it's about the players. And you can't deal with every player in the same manner. Some players you have to put your arm around them, you know, tell them what they need to hear. Other players need to kick up the, the bum. You can um, say arse, John, it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> arson. And then other players just go like just go and do it. You know, they don't need any yeah. any any uh, drive. Um and always be fair and honest, I suppose. Be honesty is a huge thing in management, you know. Mm. Um uh, be be honest with your players, you know, and tell them that if the if the, if you drop them, the if they want to know why, they come and ask you. They yeah. don't outburst in the middle of the dressing room and, yeah. or you take them off, come and ask them after the game. Why and and tell them the truth. He's obviously put together a successful management team. So we just touching the on the Christie Ring Cup, that um, outside of your playing days and might even top some of your playing days that Christie Ring Cup campaign and especially the way it was won, one of the highlights of your career. Um, absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, even when you mention it there, you know, I got goosebumps because yeah. goosebumps because it was it was so so special. Um, the manner we won both games. Um, I, like I don't say we won the Christie Ring we won the Christie Ring twice yeah. you can paint it up any way you like but that's what happened yeah. um, the first day being you know eight points down at half time and then seeing that second half performance was just unbelievable yeah. um, the second day then uh, and an interesting thing about the second day we met on the Tuesday night in, in Dungani with all the players there was 27 lads on that panel and the management team and we spoke about this replay that they had fixed for Newry. Yeah. Right? At seven o'clock on the pre on the, yeah, the yeah. next hour evening. Taking the piss really. Uh, yeah, and we have to been celebrating for three days, right? So we sat down and myself and uh, Martin Ennis and Mickey McCullough had discussed it. We did not want to play the replay. We didn't think that Antrim deserved it. Crow Park made the mistake. They needed to fix it from their end. Right? So we had a vote, um, a private vote. And w the management didn't vote, it was just the players. And 27 uh, yeses for a replay. Really? Yeah. 27. Shows they were character. so determined. Yeah. They were so, like, look ballsy, like, isn't we it? We met them before. Oh, huge. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Um, you know, and when when that happened, I said to the boys, or Mark maybe said it to me, or this is good. Mm. This is really good. You know, because these lads want to prove themselves. And one of the things that came out of the meeting was we don't want to be the team to know, know that won it across the table. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then the second day, the, the, the week leading up to the, 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 the win at the second time was brilliant. We had that open night and there was, what, there was yeah. six or seven at least, hundred yeah. kids. It was brilliant. Um, again, that was the brainchild of Martin Ennis and, uh, and Mickey McCullough. I'll take no credit for it at all. <laughs> and... Uh, it just was a huge success, and I'd say it inspired the players as well. Um, um, it was it was it was brilliant. And then, of course, you know, <laughs> half time in the in the replay, um, half time in the replay, we were ten nine points down, wasn't yeah, it? We were yeah. more down than we were in the first game, and um, you know, then being three points up with with time played, and then Mantram getting the goal and drawing level, and then the extra time. time, and yeah. then the atmosphere, like what was in Crow Park that day? 7,000, was it 7,000? Oh, was there even? Even that. It sounded and like 70,000. Every one of them, yeah, every one of the crowd, you know, singing Mead, yeah, you know, yeah. and we were out in the field, and it was just, it was inspiring, yeah. it really was. Well, I wasn't working that day, I was on the, I was sitting right behind the subs bench actually, and, right. and 
it was red hot the temperature yeah, yeah. just from the sheer atmosphere yeah. not from the nice day that it was just the mm. atmosphere had everybody boiling it was probably it's probably the most memorable sporting occasion that I've ever been at live and you don't say that too often about hurling matches but no, both those no. games it was absolutely phenomenal and, and I think it's something that will live long and meet, it, it should live long it's an awful pity TG Carrot didn't show that game yeah right? yeah it was and you know but uh, my, my, like I, 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 I had the presence of mind at the time to take videos in the dressing room. Yeah, after, so, after, yeah. A few of them are Facebook. It was on <laughs> anniversary there a couple yeah. of weeks ago. But uh, um, friends of mine, Kevin Walsh was at the game with his two sons, right? Mm. And they were playing football in Trim. And both of them said on the way home, Daddy, can we start a hurl? Yeah. And an awful lot of kids in Trim That's what it's did about. that. Mm. And that, that, that to me is huge. And then for weeks after, You'd be walking around trimming. Everyone was going around with a hurley. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was it was noticeable. And I'd say it was the, like you go to Kamesson, they always have hurleys in their hands anyway, or Kadogi. But in trim, you don't see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But they were going around. Everyone had a hurley in their hand. You know. Inspire young fellas. Yeah. That whole journey, it, it really turned around in London, didn't it? I, I was on that trip with you. I'd gone over and I and I got to sample what nearly what was in the camp was like. Yeah. And you could really see the togetherness in the team on that trip yeah. and then to get the win the way you got the win that really pumped up the belief didn't it yeah we we, uh, we did talk about that um, you know I, I believe that was the day we won the Chris Ewing Cup mm. it galvanised everybody we were 5 points down we had, uh, six, 15 minutes ago yeah. and we won by 5 yeah. um, a, a real good L- London team um, and again a scorching hot day roasting, yeah. Um, yeah that was that was huge and then you know the the the, the enjoyment the lads got over and, and you know going over there winning and ne- knowing next week you're in the semi-final against Kildare yeah. uh, who we hadn't beaten that we hadn't beat them in four, in, four, in four attempts in league and championship since we had taken over yeah, yeah. and then we had to go down to Newbridge and the win there like you know we did it the hard way yeah, when you think yeah. about it and then after the first game um, I was in the dressing room after the first game against Antrim as well and <laughs> I knew the score was wrong yeah, and yeah. I was watching you coming in, celebrating and jumping around the place. And yeah. TJ Riley came in, and I said it to TJ or and to Jimmy Henry or something. And basically, I was told to shut your fucking mouth, don't say that <laughs> to anyone. Yeah, we yeah. won this, and we're leaving it at that. So, well, would, would you believe I hadn't got a clue? Yeah, right. Um, s- someone, someone said to me with about ten or five or six minutes to go, um, the scoreboard is wrong. I went to the um, the the linesman. I said. I said to him, "Can you find out off the referee? Is the score on the scoreboard and he, and his notebook the same?" So yeah, the linesman, in fairness, went on. It was, it was a break and play. He went on his tannite to, to the referee. There was about a forty-five second delay, and he came back. Yeah, the referee has confirmed that the scoreboard and his score is the Tanny. same. So I had no worries then. Yeah, yeah. I had no worries. You know, when you think about um, the last three, we got James Thor yeah. blasted white. We told him knock it dead. Knock it dead. Now, if we were a pint behind or it was a draw game, the it, it would have been a different outcome. We would say, James, yeah. put it over the bar, make sure you put it over the bar, you yeah, know. Yeah. Which, you know, but his sole thing was, and our sole thing was, make sure it goes dead because yeah. the game is over. Uh, you know? Well, I remember looking at the referee and, and watching him on the field at the end of the game and he he seemed perfectly satisfied and seemed a little bit confused because there was other officials running in yeah. and out to him. But he was happy enough to let you go up the steps and collect the trophy. Look at, but look at it, made it all the sweeter. Ah, it? Did, of course. Nearly. Like to win it twice in the one year. Yeah. It's so, so good we won it twice, you yeah, know. Yeah, um, yeah. I was especially look. to be honest with you, if I'm in bad form, 
um, oh, after a game. Rare enough. I, <laughs> probably every week. But uh, no, I go and watch it. Watch the highlights of that game again. I just, yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that 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 makes me happy. I suppose you know. Yeah. Sorry, Jimmy. Just yeah. you're saying there, John. I mean, does it does it say you mentioned there about games being in bad form after matches? Did that did it affect you maybe for a couple of days after losing a, a game with Mead or something like that? Would you be really bad for a few days, or if you won, would you be elated for a few days, or how did it affect you? Uh, yeah, look, I didn't. Um, I I did. We'd lose a game. It, it, it really wasn't an option, you know. Um, it hurt, and I think the only time um, our group of players in Trim and in Mead with Mead at that time, if you lost a game, the only way to rectify it was go out the next day and win, and you didn't get over a defeat until you actually won yeah. and I think look, this is my own view as no one else's view I think players now at club level it doesn't hurt enough No, it does not hurt enough um, uh, you, you lose a game so. okay we lost you know I, I think it needs it needs to hurt for you to be very successful or, or successful even to win a championship at hurling or football and mead you have to, it has to hurt I'm sure you know Amani's um, that group of players that won the championships over, you know, up to the last few years, um, I'm sure it hurt every game. Like I, and I umpire at the moment, and I've seen, you know, Niall McCaig in action. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Marcus Brendan the goal. They're they're professionals. Yeah, pure warriors. They're brilliant. Yeah. They're brilliant men. You know, and we like we had in back in time we had Cedar Murta and we had, you know, Decky Murray, you had Dennis O'Keefe, you had Martin, Martin Dempsey when he was playing, um, the McCaffreys, you know. Yeah. Um, these are all men. They're all leaders, yeah. you know. And and it hurt when we lost, yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, I have a qu- I had a couple of questions lined up, and we're, I know it was we're getting tight on time here. But I just wanted to talk a bit about trim as well. And I know they're in the so-called, and I'll use the air quotes here, weaker group in the senior hurling championship. Um, it's probably a position that kind of unthinkable for trim to be outside of the top six of hurling in the county. Um, but it is. 18 years, 17 years since they won the Senior Hurling Championship. It, what is happening in Trim? The senior footballers are playing at intermediate level. Senior hurlers are struggling in the league. They're not getting there. Is the club falling between two stools? And of course, I'll take a personal vested interest in from Trim myself. Are, are they falling between two stools? Because there has been success, plenty of success at underage level. Some brilliant minor hurling teams and under 16 football teams tr- over the last six, seven, eight years. Why is it not all coming together? Is um, it that hunger? That uh, about? Hunger could be a, could be a bit of it. Um, yeah, um, I suppose in two thousand and fourteen we got to the senior hurling final and we got hammered by by Kiltail. Um, that didn't help matters to be honest. No. And you know, I suppose on that team that day they had eight lads, maybe nine lads that started and won a minor four years previous. Yeah, maybe it was too easy. Yeah, it's, getting to a final is too easy. Um, you know, having done it. At the age of 22, 21, 22. Yeah. Most of them were only about 21. Um, look, we in football in Trim, par, go, take, we take the last six years out before that, there was no, there was no nothing done at football level, no. at the underage football level. There always was at Hurling. You know, you had, like I coach teams, Frank Foley coach teams, um, Decky Murray, Kevin Walsh, uh, or I had now, Siege had teams, Siege Murta had teams. Um, there was always hurlers coming through, um, but the football was was neglected. Right. Yeah. And you know we had a really good team there in the early, the late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, two thousand. Um, we didn't get didn't get the championship they probably deserved. Um, no, look, it's hard to put your put your finger on it, but there's huge work being done in the club now. Yeah. We have a very good under seventeen team. 
um, they won the Division 2 of the league, they're in Division 1 of the Championship now, which will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, we Again, under 17, Hurling is very strong. Under 15 is very strong. Uh, under 13 and 12 are very strong. The under 14 team at the moment, I think, is not as strong as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But uh, the numbers are there. So, you know, we need to make the breakthrough. We need to win the championship. But it, you know? it is the, the draw of the two sports, is that... Is that the no, big issue? No, it's not, no. Um, it never has been. Um, like, we all played hurling and football all down through the There's years. There's more, I'm not going to say that there wasn't as much expected of ye then in terms of winning there was, but I think now there's this demand that because club managers see inter-county teams training three, four times a week, some club managers are thinking, we have to do that as well if we want to be as good. So are, are players getting pulled from one uh, to the no. other? No, um, that's an interesting thing I'm saying because at, for the last... Uh, three weeks, four weeks in trim now. The hurlers and footballers are training on one night, right? Or on the same nights. Um, the week of a hurling championship match or a hurling match, um, they do the warm up with the footballers, and then they go on to, they do the hurling for an hour, and then vice versa when it happens uh, the football. Um, so, but neither team are having a great run of results. No, no. But that, look, what was happening was that there was lads being pulled and dragged four nights a week, right? And yeah. that had to stop. Um, the, like the league results. Trim are missing four county course, lads yeah. and, and Luke Moore who's with the football. So you're missing, you know, a third of your team yeah. every time you go out. And then a third of your team plus some lads that don't bother. Right, yeah. Right? So then you're going out with a skeleton team. And it's the same with the football. Yeah. Um, you know, tr last Saturday week we went up to Oldcastle and Benny Murphy had to go on. Yeah. Dimit Dempsey had to go on. Yeah. Now there was a lot of lads working. There was two lads suspended. Uh, there was a, a number of players injured, but it's a big population, John. Yeah, but it should, be, it should be. Yeah, it should be, but like to be honest, we we played twenty lads in the in the intermediate football championship this year, right? We've played. Uh, I'm involved with the junior footballers. We have played sixteen lads in junior football, right? Don't we have a junior T? A D, uh, sorry, a junior D team, but that's made up of a couple of older lads. Mm. And some of the lads that have dropped off from minor that haven't played football in two or three years, right, yeah. try and get them back in. Um, but no, it, look, it's hard. But no, I, I to answer the question, I say no. Um, having a hurling a football club, you know, a dual club, yeah. is not is not the reason we're not being successful. Well, hopefully, hopefully, trim can can get back because I think the hurling championship with a strong trim team and a football senior football championship with a strong trim team is a better championship for. For all concerned but I just want to quickly wrap up of course we're way over time but <laughs> having a look at Senior Hurling Championship Kiltail going for five in a row um, Jimmy did you say it was unheard of in, definitely in recent times five in a row in the Senior Hurling Championship it's well, a but, yeah we well, have to, to go do. back to the 40s uh, commissioned it is, you know, but uh, yeah, in modern times it just hasn't been done, uh, John. You know, so it's uh, a huge yeah. ask for Kiltail, isn't it, to do it again? Can you see them do it again? Uh, yeah, huge ask. Uh, yeah, they can do it again. Um, Anthony Ford, if he's not around, will be a huge loss to him. Yeah. He's injuring with that team. I think, myself, the only team that can beat Kiltail this year is Kiltail. Okay. Their appetite, is it there? Um, the will to win will always be there. Mm. Um, you know, they could have been caught in the last two years by Kalina Kildaki. But they weren't. Uh, but they weren't. Um, similar to us, you know, our team back in the 90s and the late 80s. Yeah. Um, it's hard to do five in a row. Um but I, yeah, I think they can. I think they can. Yeah. I suppose five in a row won't be in their head. They'll probably just look at it. Well, but it's one more championship. You know, it's the next championship. They won't look at the previous four. But it's it's a tough ask. Kildare are certainly improving. Kilmessen seem to be getting back to where 
they they once were Ratota coming through to be a bit of a force Ratota could be the team yeah, yeah. they could be um, they have a lot of good hurlers a lot of young hurlers um, they could be the team you know like you touched on it there a while ago we were in we say the, 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 the B division, B division yeah. but if we'd have been, we were seven points ahead of Ratota we missed the penalty and we lost the game yeah. against Ratota last year if we won that game we would have topped the group yeah unbelievable you know yeah. Yeah. It's like a yeah. flick of a coin, but well, now we're in. in the, but uh, we are where we deserve to be. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of it. And looking at that group B, it should, on paper, not the games are ever played on paper, it should be a straightforward fight between Trim and Longwood, which is the first round meeting at the weekend, uh, to top that group. But you wouldn't rule out O'Mahony's either has, has been a potential underdog to come out of the group. I think only two come out of Group B. Am I right in yeah, saying that, Jimmy? Yeah. Two, yeah, into quarterfinals. Yeah, uh, yeah look... Um, Trim Longwood, yeah. Um, trim of injuries. Um, lad's gone away. Um, will they be as strong as they were last year? Probably not. Uh, O'Mahony's one in the middle last year. If the Regans and the, these guys play with, with O'Mahony's, yeah, they can be they can be a huge threat. Uh, Longwood, you know, Damien Healy, um, Chris Lynch, Mickey Burke, Aaron Ennis, um, the Bull Ennis. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's only off the top of my head. They're they're a strong team, yeah, yeah, you know, and they have, they have um, Owen Lynch back then as now as well, and um, Ryan, what's the Ryan, Mont- Ryan Moore, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that's seven good lads. I'm after. Yeah, off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah. So if they get their act and get a bit of uh, wind behind their sails, they'll be a huge threat. So we just called the two championships in one word: senior hurling championship, Kiltail, and intermediate hurling championship. Intermediate hurling championship. Um, I'd hope my luck could scare. Think so, yeah. Okay. Sean Gary, he deserves, he deserves it. Yeah, yeah. John, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in. We didn't get to talk about your time as Monaghan hurling manager. No. We didn't get to talk about your time as Mead Ladies senior football manager. No. Uh, we didn't get to talk about your love of hurling, which I wanted to touch on at one stage. There's a whole other page of stuff here I didn't get round to talk uh, about, but. Maybe another time we'll get you in. Sequel. Honest to God. <laughs> As I said last week, we try to keep these things to 25, 30 minutes. So 45 and a half minutes later, John Andrews, thanks very much for Thank joining you. us. Thank you, John. So that was the Meat Chronicles sports podcast, Talk A Good Game. Thanks for taking time to have a listen. And please send us your views by email to sports at meatchronicle.ie or on Twitter to at meatsports using the hashtag hashtag tag that's hashtag T-A-G-G I'm Fergal Lynch and we've been trying to talk a good game talk to you next week